brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is your weekly sports fix with Sticks. Word. Welcome back, everyone. This is uh, the guru. The, I'm with the guru, Mark Sudich. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. Welcome back. Thanks for uh, coming on. I'm glad we can uh, figure this out and get this out to the people. So um, before we get started, though, I just want to give you a shout out, buddy. I appreciate you, Mark for always uh, coming on and doing these UFC pods with me. It's uh, it's fun and I enjoy every minute of it. So uh, Dan, we've done it it's almost a full year now on these UFC pods as well. So uh, I appreciate you. So thank you, buddy. Yeah, no, I appreciate, <clears throat> excuse me. I appreciate you letting me come on. It's always fun to talk fights and, you know, we could probably do this every week and talk about all the different cards, but doing them just for the pay-per-view spreads it out and, you know, we still try to give love to some of the fighters and are looking ahead. But yeah, this is awesome. I've I've enjoyed doing it. We uh first one was Fight Island, right? Last year with George, George and Usman. So yeah, we've uh, done one every month pretty much since then. So it's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, again, appreciate you. So everyone, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Go to this funner.com for more podcasts and online content. While you're there, grab some merch. From the Funner family, lots of good stuff on there. So appreciate that too. Follow me on Twitter at stick015 and use that hashtag sticks and sports, baby, for all the platforms. Uh, you know, communicate with us through uh Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. So um let's get into some UFC 263, Mark. Um, another good card as always, like we always say. Um from us, that's, I mean, what else are they going to hear from us, right? We're always, we, we like them all. Like you said, we could talk about the uh, the uh, fight nights as well. If we if we had time and could make that happen, maybe we'll do a couple of those here and there just for fun. But, um, yeah, so UFC 263, early prelims start at 3 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. So make sure you tune into those. And then we'll kick it off right at 5 on the early prelims. We have the featherweight matchup between 
number 14, Mosfar Evalov, 14 and 0, uh, 240 favorite in this one. And then we got number 15, Hakeem Mean Dawadu, 12 and 1, plus 200 underdog in this one. Um, I like Evalov, you know, former bantamweight champion at M1 Global. Uh, seems to be well rounded, gone the distance in his last four fights, three unanimous decisions. And la uh, the last one was a split decision over Nick Lentz. Um, you know, I think we've talked, I know we've talked about him before and, you know, he just, you know, seems to be a, uh, 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 a grinded out, make it happen type dude. And you got Dawadu, Dawa Odu, the mean, he um, coming off five, excuse me uh five decisions uh in his career wait what the hell i can't even read my own damn notes already kicking it off good uh anyways <laughs> nine and oh in a movie nine and oh in movie titan kickboxing so he's well-rounded and all that inter intercontinental champion in the movie Thai council before in the wwe no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> in the in the movie Thai council over there and so Nine zero kickboxer. He had a he had a nasty head kick in one of his uh, one of his fights for a performance of the night, I believe. Um, but in this one, since I screwed up everything in that whole opening act, there, I'm going with uh, Evlov in this one. So Evlov has a ton of hype, and I remember the fight we talked about with him was against Grundy, Mike Grundy, the Olympic oh, wrestler, yeah. last year. And I I mean it was a good fight, but you just Evlov just looks like one of those very technical type of strikers he's he's got the ability to finish you but he's so patient i mean he still pushes the pace but he's very patient and those guys when they're so technical it's hard it's hard to beat them and and he gets a lot of decisions but he's got pretty dominant decisions so when a guy goes to a lot of decisions and we'll talk about this on some of the fights later you worry sometimes about are they going to get to a split decision or is it an obvious win and he seems to really put a lot of gap between him and his opponents. Um, even though he's kind of, a, I'm not going to say he's a point fighter, but he's just got, he kind of reminds me of Piotr Jan in that regard, maybe more kicks, but you know, he's, he's from kind of that Russian area where a lot of times it's grapple heavy. He seems to like, like it on the feet more. Dewadu, to your point, he also had, he was an amateur. I think he had 50 amateur uh, Muay Thai fights nine or 10 undefeated kickboxing fights. And when he came into the UFC, he was a gigantic prospect because of his background, kind of like Izzy, right? Adesanya came in and, and he got beat. He got choked out in the first round. And so I was like, oh, this guy's not that good. Cool. <laughs> Welcome to the big leagues. So he's won on a five fight win streak since then. So I actually, really, I know I'm talking more for a early fight than I normally do. I really like this fight. Um, I think Evelev gets it. I don't like the line. I mean, I, I think Dewadu's been on a good run. And I, I think assuming that these guys just let the strikes go, I, I think it could be an awesome fight. Um, but I will go Evelev. And uh, I will say, though, Dewadu, three of his wins in the UFC of the five have been split decisions. So both of these guys go to decision a lot. Doesn't mean this will. But I do think it could be a fight of the night type performance. And one thing we talked about in the last card was how close a lot of the lines are. Mm -hmm. This one is, I mean, I'm just looking at the top nine fights. There's at least six that have bigger lines than the biggest favorite underdog line in the last pay-per-view. So doesn't yeah, mean they're not going to be good fights, but right. the, the lines are just stretched a lot more on this one. 
Yeah. And, and with the, with the stretch on that one too, for example, you know, like we just said, minus 240 plus 200, I feel that that could be a little bit closer in that matchup. Um, so it's kind of of a weird line, like you said, for sure. And then we got the women's flyweight number three, lucky Lauren for Murphy. MLF? What's that? Oh, can you hear me? Oh, sorry. I think. Oh. What the hell happened? Oh, it just froze. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We're back. Oh, you're in that out. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, wow. It says my internet connection is unstable. I don't yeah. like that. If it cuts out again, let me know. Okay. Uh, shit. Of course. Why, why would, why would this be flawless? <laughs> <laughs> so we get, we got the woman's flyweight, uh, number three, lucky Lauren Murphy, 14 and four. And number six, Jojo Calderwood, 15 and five. I like this fight between these two uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, vet- definitely veteran fighters. Murphy's 37, Calderwood's 34. Um, Murphy's on a, a four fight win streak to start it. And then she started her MMA career, which back in 2010, when she went, started off her MMA career at eight and oh where she ended up capping it off with an Invicta bantamweight um, title. So that was good for her, you know, so she's been in the, in the UFC for a little bit now. Um, And then we got Calderwood, you know, nine decision fight, nine decision victories, five TKOs. The fight um, last fight was a win in January over Jessica. I, and she also has a, she has a 19 and two kickboxing record. Um, so dang, not I mean, a lot of USC fights, but also a lot of kickboxing uh, fights as well. So I think this is a really good fight between these two uh, young ladies and looking forward to that one as well, like as all of them. But um, plus 120 for Murphy and minus 140 for Calderwood. I'm going with the underdog on this one. I think Murphy's looked really, really good in her last, you know, what I say, four fights. So and just getting better at 37 and, you know. Got to got to root for the uh, the old wily old veterans. So, I'm going with Murphy on this one. Yeah, it's a good pick. I um I may not pick the same, but I I think this is one of those really good interesting fights. And Lauren Murphy, when she came in the UFC, was undefeated, and she was doing well. And then kind of she was fighting at a weight class that wasn't really her natural weight class. And then when they came out with women's flyweight, she's been five and one since then and we've talked about that's the valentina shevchenko division that because it's still building um its base of fighters you win one or two in a row over decent names and and you're probably in title contention and so the sad thing about the women's flyweight division and is this is honestly this is a title eliminator and this is one versus two by and large. I don't know what the rankings are. I can't remember what you said, but the winner of this fight is getting a title shot more than likely outside of injuries or, or weird timing. And it's unfortunately the eighth fight on the card. So when you see such a high level ranked, um, you know, matchup this low part of it is it is a really deep card. I mean, the main card's awesome. Um, the six and seven fights are good too. So I, I do think that's part of it. I just wish this was a little bit higher up to give them, you know, at that 6 p.m. Pacific time zone or, or later start 
just so people could see more of it. Jojo is one of my favorites when she was on the ultimate fighter straw weight. So she went up a weight class recently. Um, she's just really good Muay Thai striker, kickboxer type and fun to watch. She, she's kind of more volume than versus a one punch knockout, but I think this is a great fight. I, I think you could see a grappling component just to throw the other p- person off, but I expect this to be a let me bang bro and just get in the middle and just swing. Now, Jojo's more technical. I mean, I, I, she tries to not block punches with her face, but it happens. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I do think this has a, a chance to, to be a really good technical battle, but also um, a war, just a stand up war. So, I'm going to go Jojo. I'm not super confident in that pick. I, I definitely see it going either way. Like I said, Murphy's been a just really, really good at this weight class, five and one and flyweight four in a row. And, and the winner gets, uh, gets the esteemed accomplishment to get their ass whooped probably, <laughs> but, but at least they'd be fighting for a title. Right. Which many of those <laughs> has happened. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough trophy to win to have to fight Valentina, but, but Lauren's game, man, she, she'll fight. She'll fight Francis and Ghana. She doesn't care. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, I, I was gonna I had something on that. That's definitely you know it's what what's interesting too is that, like you said, that move her up on the card. You know, maybe not the main the main card, but the the point I was gonna make was there are there isn't a uh, a women's fight on the main card, which is interesting. They usually seem to, especially as of late, seems to be that there's been like one. Maybe that's because they don't really have any title fights coming up since they just had the couple women's title fights recently. Maybe there's nothing that they have working in the books yet, but you know, if one of these, these ladies get a title shot next, then, you know, maybe have them on the main or, it, but I guess you have them on the, co- the, the prelims. So still get free TV at least, you know, pay right. for it. So true. Yeah. Then we got the light heavyweights, Eric, your boy, Anders, 13 and 5, 150 favorite. Darren the Dennis Stewart, 12 and 6, 125 underdog. Rematch between these two from March. Um, last contest, Anders needs Stewart in the head when he was grounded in the first round, deemed no contest, couldn't continue. Um, so, you know, I think we've talked about Anders before, former college football player, two uh, performance of the nights, one fight of the night bonus as well and then Stewart has uh the same thing two p- performance of the nights one fight of the night um this could be it's funny you used let's you know the bank let's bang bro comment on Murphy and Calderwood because I was thinking about this when I was looking through all this stuff and I think this is one of those that could be the same way um you know um definitely both have you know some power with uh Anders having eight TKOs and Stewart having uh seven TKOs um I'm going with um anders on this one did you say who you had for murphy and calderwood sorry i picked i picked calderwood okay yeah so for the Anders, anders had a ton of hype i don't know if you remember this but he he went two and oh and then he got a main event against leota machida on a fight night and when leota was still named so there there was a lot of expectations for him and i believe he might have had another main event if i'm not mistaken against santos but um so he starts with a ton of hype and, and then, you know, he's just kind of been so, so he's five and five in the UFC. He, he's a good fighter. Um, he's aggressive. I wouldn't call him a technical striker. I would, I would call him kind of a plotting 
moving forward type of striker, mixes and grappling a little bit. Stewart's one of these guys with heavy hands. And so if he hits you, he'll drop you. Um, but both of these guys end up going to quite a few decisions. I think it should be a decent fight. Um, but I, I'm going to go Stewart. This is another one. This is one of the last two have been – they're probably the closest on the card. Actually, there's three in a row that are about the same lines. So right. um, I'm going to go Stewart on this one. Yes. Uh, and then we have the, let's see here. Where am I at? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the main event on the prelims is the lightweight between a number 13, Drew Dober, 23 and 10, 150 favorite. And then Brad Quake Riddell, nine and one, 125 underdog. We have, uh, you know, Dober's last fight in March, lost by an arm triangle choke to Islam Makachev in round three. Um, three fight win streak before that we have, uh, Brad Riddell, uh, fourth fight in the UFC. You know, we've talked about this before when the, the New Zealand team, you know, uh, is, is on the main card out of Sonia, especially, you know, his team goes with him. They always have a couple of those guys on there, one or two. Um, so he fights out of out of Sonia's team. I think it's going to be a good test for Riddell. Um, I'm going with, uh, Dober from his experience, um, and you know, he, he has some good hands as well. Well-rounded 10 TKOs, six subs, seven decisions, um, been in the fight game. He's still young. I believe he's only like 31, maybe Dober is, and he has a lot of those fights. So I'm going with Dober on this one. What did you say you had the line at? Uh, minus 150 plus 125, but I bet you, I probably screwed it up because oh, I, so who, no, no. So who's the favorite, um, Dober. Yeah, see, that's what I had to do. I thought that was a mistake. This is Riddell all day. I don't think Dober has a chance. But, um, you know, Dober's been on a run. I'm, I'm slightly annoyed with his lack of anything against Islam Makachev, but that's Habib's little brother, basically, and he destroyed him. Um, I think it's definitely going to be a stand-up war. I've kind of said that on a couple of these other fights, but styles make fights. And Riddell, I, I really like City Kickboxing for their game plans. You know, Israel Adesanya has obviously had a lot of success. Riddell's undefeated in the UFC. Kaikar France is, is pretty good. I think he gets in firefights too much. But when these guys are technical, um, it's just a really good matchup. And, and Dober, you know, iced three guys in a row before his Makachev fight. And he's, he's won, I think, uh, six out of seven until that fight. So I do – I like Dober. I just – I'm a big fan of Riddell. I think he – he reminds me of another guy out of that area is Volkanovsky. He reminds me of a bigger Volkanovsky. A lot of those guys, he's big, he's muscular, so is Dober. But he just, he's technical in his striking. He doesn't force it. So sometimes maybe it's a little bit more, like I say, boring, but not, not as much of a firefight as some fans would like. But he, he uses game plans really well. Um, Eugene Behrman, I think the coach just comes up with really good game plans. And I, I think they'll have a solid one for this. And I was shocked that Riddell was not the favorite, to be honest, like shocked. Or, or at least if it was a closer line, I mean, you know, I mean, it's still close, like it, it's right. close, but like, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I thought, and maybe it's a little bit of the American bias and, or lack thereof in this case, because New Zealand, I thought he had more hype than this, Riddell. Like he, I mean, he, 
he's undefeated in the UFC. I don't know if any of his fights have really been close. I think they've all been decisions, if I remember right. But I don't know. I just, I think he's good. Um, I don't think he showed his best, you know, showing yet. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go Riddell. I'm going to add something to your Riddell real quick. Um, let's see. So September, he fought in September and then also fought in February. And I think you said this. Did you did you say he's gone to a decision the last few fights? Looks like he's gone to a decision in his last three. All of them, right? Yeah, yeah all UFC fights, his fourth fight in the UFC. I think I said that, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like you said, technical striker, um, you know, puts a good game plan together. And seems like they follow the game plan. A lot of those New Zealand guys seem to do that, so – yeah, I mean, I guess technically he hasn't really fought a huge name, but I don't know. I just like the way he fights. And For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones get it done with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, similar to when Volkanovski was coming up, and then he he finished Chad Mendez, and it was like, oh wow, this guy's for real. I'm not saying Dober is that guy, but I, I think I think Riddell can uh, can really make a name for himself, and not quite to the pay per view, but but he's you know, the main car, but he's, he's close and a lot of people will be watching. And let me see here. Let's get to the main card. So that was the final fight on the prelim. And we roll into the main card at light heavyweight number 14, Paul bear, Drew Craig, 13 and four, 240 underdog and number 15, Jamma hall, sweet dreams, Hill seven and oh, uh, minus 300 favorite in this you one. You say Jamahal. Jamahal. <laughs> Jam- Jamal. Jamal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jamahal. I mean, that's how it's spelled for yeah. people that haven't seen it. Jamal. Name, yeah. I should. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Hey, I was on a roll too. I was doing good. Oh, I was doing good. I'm glad let's you go, Jamahal. Hey, I'm always good for those. That's awesome. Oh, what that's a, a good one. What yeah. a knuckle. What a knucklehead. Hey, that's. <laughs> Let's see. I lost straight thought. All right, we got bear. We got the bear. That implies you had a thought to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) We got the bear Jew with uh, uh, 12 subs, two fight win streak, five performance of the nights. First one came in his UFC debut and then uh, tied for most submissions in light heavyweight division with five. So that's pretty cool. And then Jamal, sweet dreams hill, uh, like you said, heavy favorite in this one. his uh, has won no contest after testing positive for marijuana after a fight in May 2020. Fourth fight in his UFC, uh, in the UFC for him as well, after you know, coming off the Dana White contender series in January of 2020. Um, 
I went back and forth on this one as I did many of these on this card and um, saw a couple clips of Jamal um, and uh, Craig kind of getting into a little chat. I know you don't mm -hmm. care about any of that off the. No, but I did stuff. watch the embedded. I was going to bring that up. They were pretty heated. I thought it was yeah. interesting that they were getting so far. I think it was just to pick up their gear and sign the posters because, you, you know, they do, they give away posters and uh -huh. stuff or sell them they probably don't give shit away but um but yeah they were pretty close i was i was a little surprised i don't know i paul craig seems like a good dude and you know maybe jamal's just looking to have some extra motivation but they were definitely in each other's faces yeah they definitely got i i didn't expect that from these two um i figured that jamal would you know kind of just do go about his business and then uh craig would go about his business but that kind of threw me uh for a loop but i'm rolling with craig on this one um you know, Hill's still young, uh, you know, been in the game, you know, only his fourth fight in the UFC, but I'm going with Craig on this one. Yeah, I, and we've talked about this on basically every pay-per-view, especially lately, right? That first fight is just meant to be a firework type fight, and I think this is a good one. And I know Craig is a big submission guy, but he, he, he'll he get in there and scrap. And so I think, being honest, his game plan should be to close the distance. I try to take Hill down because I think if it stands, Craig has no chance, like no chance. But if it gets to the ground, I mean, that's Craig's world. Now, I don't know if Hill's actually been tested much. He, it's arguable that this fight is a down, is, is kind of a downgrade from Hill's last fight. So he got a big jump up in his third UFC fight. And I think one of those was a Dane White Kater series, but it was against um, Ovin St. Prue. Right. And I know he he's not as highly ranked, but I mean he fought for the interim title against Jones a few years ago, and you know it's it's a big name. So Craig has been on a little bit of a run, winning three in a row. But um, I think this is tailor made. This is the uh, kind of a stepping stone type fight to just launch Hill into the stratosphere. I think I think they think really highly of this guy. He's a really big prospect light heavyweight needs some new blood um you know and i think you add a guy like this and you add um you know my boy yuri p and and so light heavyweight and then you got the resurgence with yawn and glover so this is this is a big fight like it really is and um i think it's gonna be awesome either way i like them both paul craig seems like a good guy he went and got a custom jersey he's from he's from scotland and so <laughs> He's a good, uh, seems like a good dude, but I, I, I was surprised by the heat, but I will, um, between each other, but I will go with Hill. I, I, I do think it's a close fight. I actually like the line. I, right. I think the minus based off of what Hill's done. Well, yeah, based off of who he's beat, how he beat him, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I like Hill because, because Paul Craig was, all, all other things created equal about five seconds away from being five and five in the UFC because Ankalaev was destroying him and he caught him in a triangle at the end of the fight. I think it was a triangle. So Paul Craig's good. I just, this is 100%. They're trying, matchmakers will never admit this. This is set up for Hilda to ice someone on pay-per-view to open the card. Right. Yep. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with the UFC guru, but I believe you're hundred percent correct on that one for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, Craig, I think Craig needs to, 
do the takedowns, right? Like force Hill because we haven't seen his cardio and we haven't seen him consistently grappled. That's his way to win. Now, can he strike and can he knock him out? Of course, but like, so I think this ends up being a striker grappler, but I think he'll find a way to keep it up. And he's lanky and just good with the long. strikes. Yeah, he is long. I wonder what that reach advantage is and then and, and with for him as well. Um, we get into the welterweight uh, fight between number nine, Damian Maya, 28 and 10, 180 underdog. And then number 12, Bilal, remember the name, Muhammad, 18 and three, uh, 220 favorite. So, um, man, you know, what can you say about Damian Maya that we haven't said in a while? He's <laughs> I literally, me. my notes say what needs to be said. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's what been doing be it said, for right? so long. I mean, he's been in the game for so long. Um, eight of his 10 losses are by decision, so he's not afraid to step in there. I mean, he's fought, you know, Woodley, uh, Colby and, and Kamaru all in the, in the three fights in a row where he lost them all, um, you know, by decisions, but then, you know, bounced back, had a few wins in a row. Um, 43 years old, the Wiley veteran. I can't believe I can barely get out of bed at 43. So good for him. Um, you know, Bilal, um, you know, he's, he seems to be trying to put his name out there. He's pulling the Chemayev. I smash you. Um, Kazmat, but um you know he says Bilal says he wants to fight you know and keeps fighting he that last fight where we were we were all looking forward to the Leon Edwards and Bilal um where it got stopped in the second round with the eye poke um but before that you know Bilal was in a, a four fight win streak so I mean when those guys get on streaks like that in my opinion and get hot I mean how can you not put them back in the cage if they want to get back in there they don't doesn't seem like Dana makes them uh take a lot of time off they want to fight in three months if they don't have any of the the um doctors you know telling them you can't come back or the the suspensions medical suspensions then you know they'll put them back in there so i think this is good for Bilal to get back in there um that eye poke he thought was pretty brutal and he said some things about about that as well so um but i'm going with Bilal on this one muhammad I, I like I said I flip back and forth I really like Maya I think he's you know definitely a well-rounded in every aspect of the game so but I had to go with my gut on this one yeah in my mind this is again one and this is 100 percent in my mind grappler versus striker if it gets to the ground I mean Maya's gonna choke you out or take a limb home with him typically right and yep. not that Bilal doesn't have a ground game but there's levels and Maya has proved over and over and over again. He's just different on the ground. He's one of those guys. Now, he's not always great at getting people to the ground. And so if Bilal can keep it on the feet, I think he'll pick him apart. Um, I believe Gilbert, Gilbert Burns knocked Maya out a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. So he took some time off. Maya did to let, you know, give his brain a chance to heal. But um, same with Bilal. And I don't think it's been brought up. You brought up the eye poke, but residual damage from that that wasn't that long ago and right. so i mean it looked bad like that was a pretty bad eye poke and and i mean you see guys like bisping who i actually think has a glass eye now get these eye injuries and they don't look that bad and then you see balls and i was like i actually looked brutal so um i hope he's okay obviously because a lot of these guys you gotta save them from themselves they're not always gonna admit 
you know, this is their livelihood and they, they, they'll say they're fine sometimes when they're not. So it, it'll just be interesting to see. In the case of Maya, though, he's not a huge striker, so I don't know even how much of an impact that would be. Um, but still, it's, it's, it's a factor, something to keep in mind. I'm going Bilal. I think he's able to keep it on the feet, uses straight punches. That's one thing he does really well. Duke Rufus's camp is really well known for um, flashy kicks, I think, because Pettis and all that. But honestly, he, he's just a good coach, Duke Rufus is, and well, you know, comes up with well-constructed game plan. So I'm going Bilal. Uh, he is on a nice run, like you said. And when he came to the UFC, he had a lot of hype and Titan FC champion and then kind of, you know, treaded water a little bit, for being honest. And so I think he's peaking. And again, I, I, I hate to call Damian Maya a stepping stone, but that's these next two fights. That's what it feels like to me. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the young guy overcoming the, the veteran. Right. And so and- I'm going to go. Yeah. Who knows how, how? Who knows how many fights Maya has left on his contract? Um, he said he might be done with uh, after yeah. this fight. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, forty-three years old. You never know. So, um, Mark, my man, let's take a, 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 a Michelob Ultra break and get back. I need to evidently work out the kinks in my internet system and uh, obviously my uh, get my head straight and not f up the whole beginning, but. I'll be better when I get back, brother. I'll be better. I can't make my USC guru look bad. So we'll be right back. You're listening to your weekly sports fix with sticks. Now back to your weekly sports fix with sticks. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is uh, sticks. Follow me on Twitter at sticks015. And I have the USC guru, Mark Sudich in the house for to finish up these UFC 263 uh, fight card for y'all. We have three of the main fights left, the top three. And we're going to start it out since we finished off with the, uh, the fourth fight on the card. We have the third fight on the card is um, the welterweights. Number three, Leon Rocky Edwards, 18 and three, minus 550. Mark, I'm going to have to know your thoughts on this in a sec. I'm sure you're going to tell us. Um, and fighting uh, Nate Diaz, the wily old veteran, 21 and 12, 400 underdog. Um, what was the last, Nate Diaz's last fight was in uh, 2019 versus Masvidal for that. Uh, that notorious BMF belt that you love so much, Mark. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the fake belt. The fake, fake belt. belt. Uh, which is true. I ain't going to lie. You are correct on that. I just like giving you a hard time sometimes about that because uh, I get a little fired up. But, um, you know, we just talked about uh, Edwards' last or fight against Bilal where he got the eye poke or, you know, Edwards poked him. Um. And he was coming off that that uh, long layoff because nobody wanted to fight him. Uh, didn't Ch- the Chimaev, uh, Kazmat, Hazmat Chimaev was supposed to fight Edwards and that fight got called off, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, I think this is a really good fight. I think Mark references to a few times earlier about it being like a stepping stone for, you know, a, a fighter. And, and I don't know if Nate Diaz is necessarily part of the um, – the 
a stepping stone, so to speak. But, um, you know, I think this is a really good fight. I don't think anybody else really wanted to take this fight against uh, Edwards, but I also think it's going to be a really good fight with Nate Diaz um, and, and Rocky Edwards on this one. Um, I'm, I'm going with Edwards on this one. I, I really wanted to go with the big underdog on Nate just because he hasn't been in the, in the fight in, in the cage for a while. And I think he, you know, is really focused and ready. He's always game. He's always game for a fight. So, um, but on this one, I'm going to go with um, Edwards on this one, Mark. Um, so yeah, with Nate, like as my buddy calls it, it's the people's main event. Um, I mean, I, I'm not super, I mean, I'm excited, but I'm, you know, Nate's, Nate's a game fighter. I think he, uh, you know, he, he struggled at 170 pounds. And so I think he's a natural 155er. His four wins at 70 were against Connor, Marcus Davis, Anthony Pettis, and Rory Markham. And outside of Markham, and this was a while ago, obviously, those are natural 55ers, or at least Davis ended up fighting at 55. But Pettis and Connor are natural 55ers, if not even smaller for Connor. And then the inverse is he, he lost to Connor. And then Jorge Masvidal, Dunyan Kim, and Rory McDonald, who are big 70 years i know masvidal used to be a 55er but he he grew he grew into 70 pretty well in my opinion so i mean nate looked in good shape i i just i worry about him a lot so size is one leon edwards is a natural welterweight never never fought below welterweight even when he was younger um nate's good boxer but i worry about his speed like when, when you have a guy that's naturally a little smaller or used to fighting in a smaller weight class, they're typically going to have a speed advantage. I don't know if that's true in this, like maybe in his hands, he'll, he'll have a little bit of speed, but he kind of, I just don't, I don't know about his footwork, right? Like I don't know if his footwork's fast enough to be that much of an advantage to where he can kind of get in and out and pick his shots. He's kind of a straight go ahead fighter. And so he wins a lot of fights similar like Max Holloway with volume and pace and cardio, which is, is good. And, and the Stockton slap. Don't forget about that. One. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I'm sure I'll flip some people off too, but yeah, I mean, he, he's good. He just, he's not a big one punch knockout guy. Typically anything can happen. He does have submissions, but he doesn't normally just go for double legs and get people down. Um, so it's a lot of just cardio. He just beats people with cardio and pace and, we haven't seen Leon a lot in five round fights, but he's looked pretty solid. He is more of a, a point fighter, if you will. He's not afraid to go to decision, but he's very technical. He's got straight punches. Uh, another thing that scares me with Nate is the scar tissue, man. Like a stiff breeze, and he's bleeding all over the place. Like, right. and it's not, I mean, you can make an argument that it's his fault because he's been, you know, beat up in fights or whatever, but it's just, it's genetics. It just happens, right? Like, he just happens to have. Marcus Davis actually aforementioned had that happen a lot too. He's got a lot of scar tissue. So hopefully he doesn't get busted up in the first 30 seconds or whatever it was like mass at all. And that's why the fight ended up getting stopped. And I know a lot of people got mad about that, but it kind of is what it is. Like, I'm not saying it was good stoppage, but the doctor is going to side on the caution, you know, side with caution for the fighter. And if blood's dripping in the eye and if it's a pretty deep cut, have we seen worse cuts? Probably. Have we seen less cuts that have been stopped? Yeah. Like, it just kind of is what it is. I, I think it's people uh, focusing too much on that. But but I do think the fact that he cuts a lot 
is a factor. It cuts very easily, right? Yeah, and um, a little bit of a layoff. You brought that up for sure. I think if you're going to fight someone off a layoff, though, Edwards isn't the worst guy. I mean, he's had a long layoff, what, one, one and a half rounds in the last two years. So I do think, though, Leon's younger. I think he stayed in training camps for the most part, looks in shape. He definitely has a chip on his shoulder. Leon is one of these guys that he needs a, a name like Nate Diaz to really put him to that next level. So, again, I'm not calling Nate a stepping stone, but Nate's name matters. And yep. it matters in this for Leon because he could have fought even like a Hamzat and he beats him, he's supposed to beat him. With Nate, he's supposed to beat him, but it's still Nate Diaz, and it matters, right. and it just does for, you know, certain reasons, and he's got a diehard fan base. Um, Nate does, and this is a big fight. I mean, on paper, this looks like Leon all day, and I'm picking Leon. I, I told my buddy, I was like, I feel bad for saying this, but, I, you know, I, I think Nate has a 0% chance of winning. I mean, I really just don't see – where he is better like when we talked about Nganu and Stipe Nganu had one way to beat Stipe but that one way was really 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 probable and it happened but if that would have got past the first round with grappling I just don't think Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and ganu had enough so in this one Nate does have multiple ways to beat you, but I don't think he's going to out cardio Edwards. I don't think he's going to get in his head. And I don't think he's going to be able to get, get him down to the ground because he's, he's smaller. I just don't think, I think if there's any clinch, cause Nate used a lot of clinch against Anthony Pettis. I think if there's any clinching, I think Edwards is going to control that similar to Masvidal Usman where Usman just, it's like a takedown vertical where he's just controlling. And it's not that Nate's not good. I just, I've never been convinced that Nate is his best self at 170 pounds. Weight class is for a reason. I preach it every time. And 15 pound difference. I know he's a little bit older and he's probably put on some muscle and some weight, but I, it's just, it has not proven to be a good weight class for him. And Part of it is you just sometimes lose to bigger guys. It's it, at this level, everyone has good technique. Everyone knows how to leverage. Maybe not, you know, certain guys are better at it, right? But this isn't an amateur fight. This isn't UFC one with a 300 pound guy that doesn't know what jujitsu is and a little guy that knows what it is and can get to the ground. Like people know what's coming now. So it's, it's just, so weight really 
is impactful. Is is Nate a great fighter? Is yeah, if this was if they were naturally the same size, I think it's a different conversation. But I just similar to the Stipe and Ganu, except this is the inverse. Like Ganu had one way to win. There's I I named four or five reasons of why I have concerns about Nate with with the size, with speed not being as big of an advantage, with him being smaller, scar tissue, layoff, history against 70 years. This is just it's five or six things that just pile up on one side. And it's like the stacks, the deck stacked against him. It doesn't mean he can't win, but I just think Edwards will. Yeah. He probably will point fight him. Right. He'll probably stay on the outside and, and force Nate to come forward and, and get all crazy and start flipping. Yeah. And, off and, and a lot of night fans will always say he's never been finished. Josh Thompson finished him, but he doesn't get finished often. I mean, even Jorge hit him with stuff. And I don't know if Leon's that guy, but we've talked about with Tony Ferguson. We've talked about Justin Gaethje. These guys have been in these just absolute wars. It, at some point, father time catches up. Your chin kind of gives out. And I'm not saying this is the fight, but it's just, it's a scary. He's a really good boxer, but he's not native, but he's not always defensive. And so I just think it's a tough fight um i hope for a good fight like i really think it's going to be one-sided but i hope it's a good fight like he he is game i I, you know you said that and he did an interview a few days ago and they brought up the size that he's like i'll fight anyone i don't care about size and i get it and 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 i completely understand but just because you're willing to fight them (laughs) doesn't mean you should fight them and it doesn't mean that you have a history of beating guys bigger so cool you you know you know there's other guys bj penn fought leo machida at 185 and he lost like it's it's tough to do that it doesn't make nate a bad person it doesn't make bj a bad fighter when you're fighting a guy 30 pounds heavier it just is what it is now this isn't that egregious but it's just cool you're willing to fight everyone and i think that's why a lot of fight fans like him and gravitate to him because he just kind of a doesn't give a shit attitude but there's also a strategic part of it of does that make sense am i at my best in this weight class. And I, I personally don't think he is, but at the same time, when's the last time he saw him at 55. So it's been a while, but long story short, I'm going to go Edwards. I hope it's a good fight. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it. I definitely did not. This is the first ever non-title fight, non-main event, five round fight in UFC history. So uh, it, I did it's not a, I was going to say it was a five round fight. I, I forgot about that. I knew it was five round fight, but I did not know that it was the first one that's non-title. Well, I mean, it's got to be right. Like, cause they just started doing, it's not a main event, right? Yeah. Cause main yeah. events are five rounds and if title fight, fights are five yeah. rounds. So you'll get a lot of these. Like, so we have the top two, right. Or five round. Yeah. The co-main event is a five round fight, but it's a title fight. So this was supposed to be the co-main event a month ago. Nate had some injury issue, but not, not enough to, to cancel it they pushed it out and um you know felt bad for the houston card i think it made the houston card a little well because eh, i think they were relying on that nate push a little bit but um this is good it's a, it's a good fight i'm i'm as excited you know i i have a buddy that likes nate a lot and i always mess with him and i mean i'm excited about this fight like i want to see nate fight now do i think his fans are a little delusional yes yes i do but you know they they like their guy. See, you're calling your buddy delusional too. No, he he. Well, he knows he's delusional. <laughs> but like, I'm just kidding. No, he's a good dude. But like, Seahawks fans are delusional, right? People, oh, yep. there's a fanatic fan base. 
that, you know, their guy can't do wrong. And I just, I think it's a tough, I, I just don't like how he keeps fighting at 170. Like I, I, I always go back to weight classes and I know it's, doesn't matter for everybody, but Leon Edwards is a natural welterweight. Nate Diaz is a natural lightweight, in my opinion. And I think that gives Leon a very big advantage and we will see how it goes. And, you know, you, you touched on this a little bit. The only thing I want to add to that is um, that Nate Diaz hasn't been in, 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 a, in a fight in a while. And the um, Leon Edwards had the, the round and 18 seconds, you know, after his long layoff. And, you know, I believe, I don't think Nate is the type of guy to like not work on his cardio. He seems like he's in the gym every day. Like I said, he does triathlons or yeah. Yeah. No, he, I, I, but I think fight shape and general shape are different. Yeah. And I, I don't know what Leon Edwards has been, you know, did in his time, but like you said, I'm sure he was in the gym and all that. So the only way I think that this, that Nate can somehow get close to a victory in this one is if somehow Edwards tires out and Nate just has a, you know, better cardiovascular uh, system at this point and goes to five. But like you said too, I mean, Edwards could just pick him apart for five rounds and not get tired if that's how it goes. So. Well, Nate's known for that, right? Like Nate's Nate's known for, for wearing people. Cowboy has great cardio. He, he worked out cowboy down. There's just certain fighters. So I think he can do it against lightweights i i just i haven't seen him do it against a legit 170 pounder like if you're going to use anthony pettis cool those are 155ers fighting at 170 i just haven't seen him do that successfully since rory markham 10 years ago or whatever it was so i just i i just i, I i'm into the weight class thing i just i really think leon's going to control it and uh hope it's a good fight well, we both picked Edwards on that one, and then we're going to get to the um, the flyweight title bout. <laughs> These little motherfuckers, man. Uh, <laughs> what a fight last year, Jesus. I know. Davison Deuce Deuce Deguera. Why don't you try Why do you try Figueredo. things that you can't pronounce? He's Davison <laughs> Figueredo. Move on. I always, I always practice Smalls. and I always think He's I'm going to get it right. Smalls. Biggie Smalls. Smalls. I should have just went with that. I had it written yeah. down, too. That's, <laughs> that's much easier to go with. Biggie Smalls. Uh, you're not Brazilian don't speak it (laughs) 20 and one uh 220 favorite in this one and then the number one contender Brandon the assassin baby Moreno 18 and five uh plus 180 underdog like we said the rematch from December where it was the fight ended in a in a draw um man that like you said Mark that was a hell of a fight between those two um the thing that I'm ready. I'm definitely excited for this rematch. Figueredo seems very confident in his abilities to, to take out Moreno in the first round. Uh, Moreno just went five rounds with this dude in what December and, you know, knows has the confidence that he just went five rounds with the champ. Um, I've went back and forth on this. The thing that made me roll with Moreno on this one even though I, I mean, we've talked about Figueredo being one of the best ever, right? Um, so the thing that made me roll with Moreno on this one is that Figueredo waited till 40 seconds, basically 40 seconds left to weigh in today. And that means he had to cut a lot of weight, in my opinion. I don't know for sure, but it sounds like he must have had to cut a lot of weight to get down to 125. Of course, his coaches are saying that it's not going to be an issue. 
weight cuts are an issue when you do that for, you know, that last minute and you have so much time to get it down and you worked all week on that and maybe, and you wait that long to get on the, the scale that tips my edge to Moreno. I don't know if it's going to be a factor. It might not be, might've just been gamesmanship. Um, <laughs> but I'm going with Moreno on this one. Like I said, I flipped a couple times, but I, I, this fight's going to be exciting either way. Yeah. And I think Figueredo, he has a history of weight cut issues. Um, and, and when there is a, a tough cut and to your point, it could be gamesmanship where they just wait until the last second just to throw people off. But if he did have a tough cut, it depletes your body and you struggle with that. And, and he's done it before, but he's usually had decent performances when he beat Joseph Benavides the first time, the reason he didn't win the titles because he, he missed weight. So, oh yeah, um, that right. Yeah. He's definitely just, you know, gotta get the nutrition in in check but anyway he made weight good fight you know they always say with movies sequels never good as the original i mean how do you beat that fight like it right. it was so good and it was so just back and forth again the let me bang bro and it was crazy now one thing with figueredo and his team this week so i think he came out after the fight and said he was sick or wasn't feeling the best or was hurt or whatever. And Moreno or not Moreno. Yeah. No, Moreno was saying like making excuses for it oh, or, or saying that he, the, yeah. 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 So they're calling Moreno a baby, a cry baby, because I think he refuted that Davidson when Davidson said he was sick. I think Moreno said, no, you're lying or whatever. So that made Moreno a cry baby. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know the whole story. It didn't, it didn't jive with me. It didn't make sense. That's the other what I will say is, he seems, Figueroa seems extremely emotional this week. His coach, everyone, I mean, they're talking about the how they push it the weigh-ins or the, oh, the I didn't the see presser. that. Oh yeah. yeah the weigh-ins are the, on right now too, but the yeah. Presser, so he pushed, he pushed Moreno when they faced off. Yeah. So, um, he just seems to be extra emotional. That can be good. It can be bad. So it's just a factor. Weight cuts factor. I mean, if we're just talking skill set. Figueredo hits like a truck. He's got submissions at flyweight. It's just, it's a tough matchup for guys. What concerns me the most with Moreno is I think he fought about as good as he could fight in December. Yeah. Stepped up and just, and, and I just, that was his masterpiece. And can he replicate that? And I don't think he can. I think he's tough. I think he's an awesome kid. He's always happy and smiling and he's got a fun pop dog collection. He's fun to watch, <laughs> but man, I just figure it out when he's on and he seems motivated. And again, that could be a bad thing depending on if you get over emotional, but I think it's figure and And I think he finishes him. Yeah. He's talking about he's of course, every, every fighter says they're going to finish him in the first round or whatever. So Figueredo's always said, you know, says that he's going to go knock him out in the first round. I don't know. Though both those guys took some, some <laughs> heck of good punches, bro. I think they both have decent chins. I don't know if they can finish in the first round, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Figueredo, like I said, I mean, he's, you know, a, a champion for a reason, and you know, has looked really good in his his fights. But Moreno, like you said, if that was the one that was his, you know the one that he had in the tank and it wasn't good enough to win, you know, who knows how this one's going to go. I'm going with Moreno. The UFC guru has Figueredo on this one. Yeah. And one more thing. Yeah. Uh, another thing we didn't bring up is, is Figueredo when he took that fight, I think it was three weeks. Right. So he beat Alex Perez. 
Oh, that's right. Yep. And I think Moreno was on that card too, if I remember right. And then they fought each other three weeks later. And so when you have an entire training cap dedicated to a guy, it can make a difference. Like it, it can make it. So in the Usman Masvidal, everyone was like, oh, Masvidal is going to have a better chance. Blah, blah, blah. Usman happened to get way better. Right. And knocked him out clean. So just because this gives some people would say, oh, that gives Moreno a chance to really dissect Figueroa's game. Well, it goes on the, the same on the other side. And Figueroa's had six months to prepare for this because I think everyone assumed there would be a rematch. And I think the rematch got announced in like February. So they both been able to train significantly for each other, game plan for that, which I do think will make the fight a more chess battle technical sort of situation versus a firefight i just think it's hard to imagine these guys are just going to get right back in the center of the octagon and throw hands like they did last time i think there'll be more strategy more patience um but i, I still think that's a factor and and the, the fight was on three weeks notice and and uh should make this one interesting yep just another one to look forward to uh that's for sure so then we have the main event of the evening, the middleweight title bout between the champion, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya. Shout out to the Nas big homie. He likes the last style bender, just by his name. The only thing he knows about uh, UFC and MMA is that the style bender's nickname. But hey, um, <laughs> 20, cool nickname. it is a cool nickname. 20 and one. Uh, 260 favorite in this one. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that one. Uh, you know, coming off the decision loss to the heavyweight champ when he moved up to uh, Jan Light heavyweight. What's that? Light heavyweight. What'd I say? Heavyweight. Oh, I have light heavyweight written down here, but I, <laughs> I skipped it. Um, and then the number three, Marvin, the Italian dream, Vittori, 17 and four, 210 favorite or underdog, 210 underdog. Five fight win streak after a split decision lost to Adesanya in April of 2018. Um, I think this is the right call in, the, in this division, in my opinion, to give Vittori the 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 shot, the rematch. Um, these two don't like each other. I don't think Vittori, Vittori likes anybody, anyways. But um, and I don't think Adesanya likes too many people, to be honest. But um, uh, this this is one of those things. You know, we talked about the Figueredo and Moreno bad blood. You know, talking smack. Um, you and I had a, off, uh, a text conversation a little bit about this as well. Vittori, you know, and Adesanya just going back and forth. If you guys saw the press conference, they were just hollering at each other the whole time. Sounded like teenage boys, you know, back and forth banter, in my opinion. Um, don't even know what the hell either one of them were talking about. Um, I guess I went back and forth on this one, too. For some reason, uh, Adesanya is, is definitely, you know, uh, the champion and and he looks good I don't know where his mentals are after a loss like that but I don't think he's really you know lost too much of his his focus after going up a weight class you know attempting to get two belts and you know you lose to a bigger like you said Mark 100% you're what you've always talked about weight classes for a reason you know this is I was a prime example when he went up and and fought Blahowicz. um I, I I'm going with Adesanya on this one. Um, I think he's in Vittori's head a little bit. And after the, you know, Vittori thinks he won that, that fight back in April a little bit. Um, so I don't know if his confidence is too high, but I know he's definitely game to fight. So this is going to be a great main event. So I'm going with Adesanya. 
Yeah, for Adesanya, when he went up, and you said this, but um, yeah, he lost to Jan because he was smaller. Like, Jan, even when he took him down, didn't do a whole lot. And I like Jan, but Adesanya, I think, was was doing pretty good on the feet, like technical striker, but you know, he weight classes for a reason. And I, I didn't want, I didn't like the fight to begin with. I just, I, I didn't think he had been in middleweight long enough. And he's kind of, he just looks lean. Like guys, I like him at that weight class, but um, you know, I think, I don't even think there's an argument. I think Adesanya and Whitaker, because Whitaker has went on a run since Adesanya beat him are clearly the two best middleweights based off of what we've seen so far. And Whitaker, timing-wise, just fought Gasolum and wasn't ready to take the fight. So Vittori got a little bit of a benefit of that from timing. But I do like the fight. It has a backstory. And I, I remember watching it because it was Adesanya's second fight in the UFC. And I remember watching it back in 18 or whenever that was. And so I watched it yesterday or day before and just to remember because I was like, Why? was it that close? I don't remember it being that close in my mind. So it's tough when you watch fights sometimes and listen to commentary. The best way, in my opinion, to watch a fight is turn the commentary off and just watch it. You watch some of these fights, the commentators, I like them, but they can be very biased towards a fighter or two or what one fighter is doing versus another. Yes. And I I don't think it's purposeful. Like you just, you get into it and you're focusing, you know, there's two guys, but you're focusing on one thing. And so there's a chance I did listen to it with the sound on. So there is a chance that I got a little skewed because they clearly thought out of Sonya one. So round three, Vittori was able to take him down and, and basically lay on him. He didn't do a ton of damage, but he won that round. The first two, I thought out did more with strikes. He, he was very effective with leg kicks. And I think that's going to be the game plan. Now that you have five rounds, if Vittori can close the distance, because similar to, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When we talk about Figueredo Moreno didn't have a full training camp, now that he's fought Vittori and now he has a full camp to train for him, you, you just know that these guys, especially the champions, are usually going to get better. Right. So you assume that Eugene Behrman comes up with a great game plan. I brought him up. He's the coach for, for Riddell and the, the prelims. So Vittori's game plan should be go forward, close the distance, get him down like he did in the third round. Cause he was able, he was pretty tired, but he was able to get him down. Vittori I think does have cardio issues. So in the fourth and fifth round, if he has a successful round two or even three with taking Adesanya down, is it still playing with fire? So I've been waiting all podcasts to get this in, but there was a, a fight last night, Clarissa Shields, the quote, greatest boxer of all time, women's boxer, was fighting her first MMA fight last night. She was getting beat. She was getting taken down. She couldn't stop a takedown. She hit her with two or three punches at the end of the second round and then came out in the third round and put it on her and finished the girl because that's all it takes. With Vittori, I feel it could be really similar. I think he's going to come out super aggressive. I think he's going to have potential adrenaline dump. 
He's been in the UFC, but this is he is emotional, and I do think he's emotional for a lot of fights. But he does seem, I watched the clip, you know, in our break here, he does seem extra emotional. He was almost in tears when he was yelling at Adesanya when Adesanya said, name, ten, name three top ten guys you beat. And he's like, but I, I just beat who I beat. Like, is that my bad? Is that my bad? Yeah. Like, he was screaming. And I was like, yeah. dude, like, that was weird. Like, I'll give it to you that that is, call it in his head. But, I mean, he was like, he was not calm at all. So, I worry about his emotions and adrenaline dump. He gets him down in the first round. He gets him down in the second round. Can he sustain for five rounds? Adesanya looked pretty tired against Jan Blahevich in the fourth and fifth round, but Jan was fresher. If it's reversed and Adesanya is still doing pretty good, because Vittori's good at takedowns, I haven't seen him be, you know, this, you know, Tito Ortiz in his prime on the ground, right, with ground and pound. He's good. But he's more control, right? Even with Holland and some of these guys, it's not like he's finishing guys impressively. He's good. He can control. But when you take in all these other factors, first time fighting in fans in over a year for these guys. And then you have the emotions uh, of Vittori. And then his game plan is probably going to be grapple, grapple, grapple early. Unless he wants to try to throw people off because Adesanya expects that. But that's the smart way to do it. Be strategic. Be smart about it. Don't get caught. Don't get clipped. The game but that's thing. the way to win. But that's the way to win. And um, I just I think that's a lot of factors that could deplete his energy. And Adesanya is so accurate. It doesn't take much. And I know he's had some boring fights. and But what he did to Costa, what he did to Whitaker um, – you know, Gastelum, I know Gastelum put some damage on him too, but he hits you, you can go down. So I'm going to go out of Sonia. If Vittori can keep his composure and his cardio is on point for five rounds and he can get out of Sonia down, he's got a legit chance to win. I, I think the line favors, you know, you, you said with the anonymous big homie, right? Like people know who this guy is outside he's got a little bit of that crossover feel to him and some of it's probably for bad things after what he did to costa in the cage and then he's just he's got the cool right. nickname and he's he's brash and he's he's fun to watch he's got a cool style so i'm not saying he's like this connor level by any means but he is one of the bigger stars in the ufc and so sometimes when you have that i do think you get a little bit of the odds bump and then fans will bet it up. I don't know what the starting line is. There's a really good chance that this was lower, and then fans just bet because, oh, it's out of Asanya. He can't lose, right, even though he just lost. So I, I, I think the line's a little heavy, but, but I'm still going Israel. And, um, I mean, for Israel's keys, so I said what Vittori's keys are. For Israel, he just, he's got to keep it on the feet. He's got to keep it at range, use his kicks, use his leg kicks. You know those calf kicks have been – all the rage, he's good at those. Um, for the he love rev- of God, don't snap your leg like Weidman, but use <laughs> oh, kicks. Oh, man, no kidding. But yeah. That might be it. That might be Because he's thin. About. He's thin. He is. But, like, he, it, it just, yeah, I, I think he um, body kicks, like deplete the body, but keep it at range. Use, use more kicks because if Vittori gets close into punching range, he's going to try to take him down, in my opinion. And I think he's got pretty good sprawl, but um, – uh, you know, it just depends on Vittori how how good his his takedown offense actually is in this one. 
Yeah, and when you were talking about the leg kicks, I think um, I think in my opinion that Adesanya gave away a bit of his game plan in the press conference when he was talking about how he's going to treat uh, Vittori like he did Costa. I think he gave away that by saying, you know, he might use exactly what you just said, the leg kicks to kind of keep the distance and use the 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 leg kicks to keep him uh, at bay and keep him away from him and and just break him down. I mean, he broke Costa down. Well, that's kind of what he did in, in the first fight, though. When he fought Vittori, he used a lot of leg kicks. I mean, I, I don't think it's a secret mm-hmm. that he likes to use leg kicks. I just think he might need to use kicks more, like not just leg kicks, body kicks, head kicks just more than punches like if you have a 50 50 ratio in normal fights of kicks and punches i think he needs to be 60 40 kicks or even 65 35 in this fight just to just to have a better chance at sprawling in case um you know vittori gets close and tries to do like this you know a crazy shot or whatever because vittori's a good decent mma wrestler but i mean i think he's just really strong and so if Adesanya, so technique, I'm not saying he doesn't have technique, but if Adesanya can use his technique and his sprawling ability, I think, and keep range, I think he can negate some of just the brute raw strength of Vittori. Yeah, I think it's 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 a good, uh, a good, <clears throat> event, a great main event and looking forward to that as well, as well as the whole UFC 263 card. Um, Mark, my confidence picks, top to bottom, one most confident third least confident out of the top three fights i'm going with adesanya edwards moreno what are you uh, what is how's your three work out yeah and and usually when i say this the mma gods come and slap me in the face and say you stupid <laughs> fool but edwards figueredo is real and i don't and i and i am very confident in all three that's that's where i usually go backwards but um yeah, I, and, and I'm not going out on a limb, right? Those are all big favorites. They're all heavy favorites. So it's not and like I'm saying reason, anything, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying anything revolutionary, but um, but that's my thoughts. Yeah, well, what are your thoughts on your, well, my thoughts on our filthy casual fight of the day on UFC 263, filthy casual people, Mark, reference this i love it mark i love your filthy casual play that we got going on i'm going with the big boys the heavyweights carlos boy philippe and jake the prototype collier um very first fight on the early prelims bro i think this is going to kick off the whole card very very nicely um with the big boys you know um going toe-to-toe and and trying to get that 50k right off the bat yeah, I think Jake Collier is the one, if I'm remembering right. Um, I think he fought at middleweight, and now he's 265. He is a big, big boy. Yeah, he used to be a middleweight. Holy cow. Yeah, he went up almost 100 pounds. Um, I think it's a good pick. Uh, I, I stuck with the prelims and then the, the ones that we talked about. So I went Dober and Riddell. I just I I think that's a, a let me bang bro stand in the center, bite down on the mouthpiece and see what happens. I think there'll be some technique to it, but but I'm going Dober and Riddell. I think that's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I like I like that one as well. Um, the 
we usually talk about the upcoming fights that we, you know, uh, upcoming fight that we'd like to see. I'm not even going to waste any time on mine. Uh, next, next Saturday, the, the main event, I think it's a can't miss with the uh, Korean zombie and Dan 50 K Ige. Um, that's definitely one I'm looking for. Still waiting for our boy, uh, Hajmat Chemaev to come back out, uh, wherever he's done. I'd probably not till November if he gets healthy and whatever, but for now, I'm going with that one. I think that's going to be a great fight next Saturday. Yeah, and the 45ers, there's this guy named Zabit uh, Magomad Sharapov, and he's had, he's been kind of MIA, and so I've been waiting to see him come back. But, yeah, Zombie Ige, I think, is a dynamite. I mean, even Volkov game in yeah, the following like week. Too. The main events are the main events are usually solid. So I dug a, a little deeper, and I went with a little veteran, Matt Brown, against Diego Lima which is also on the Ige zombie card because Lima struggles against grapplers and Matt Brown can grapple when he wants to, but really like, cause he took uh, Wonderboy down when he beat him years ago. But I, I think Matt Brown, Lima should just be stand up, see what you got. And I mean, Matt Brown, when he was on his run was having some of the craziest fights and finishes uh, ever. So um, hopefully, I mean, he's getting to, towards the end. I don't know if it's his retirement fight, but uh, I like Matt Brown and Diego Lima. Definitely. And that's on the June 19th card as well. So yeah, uh, turning 40 that day, sir. Turning 40. Oh, that's your birthday birthday fight card, huh? Yeah. You going yeah, to the cabin? Yeah, yeah be... we're going up to the cabin. Nice. There you go. That's a way to celebrate your birthday. I know you'll be multitasking on that day. Drinking. And well, and, and that fight. night. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I don't know if I'm going to be a sucker, but uh, Anderson Silva is boxing Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. that night as well. Oh, my goodness. Sounds like yeah. you get the, the iPad and the, uh, the canvas up again. And... Yeah, we'll see. I just uh, – because MMA, like I brought up Clarissa Shields, like boxers going to MMA. The James Tony one was obviously a, a shit show against Couture, and he had no chance. MMA going to boxing, just no one's even been good. Like, you haven't even been decent. Like, someone say, like, Connor, but, like, anyone that knows – no offense, I'm not an expert, but anyone that knows anything about boxing, um, Mayweather was completely toying with him the entire time. Yeah. I mean, he was just defending everything the entire time. And so, yeah, we'll see what Woodley can do. Holy hell, that's a stupid fight. I told you that that wouldn't happen, so you were right. I think that's the dumbest thing but it's free money for Jake Paul. But yeah, I just, I worry about MMA guys going into boxing. Anderson's really good with his hands, but there's a difference. It's a different sport. It's just a completely different technique. There's different defense mechanisms. There are different stances. There's different punches. There's different angles. It's just, it's just different. But yeah. because it's a combat sport, everyone's like, oh, it's like, let's just have them cross over and they're fun. But man, I just, I don't think Anderson has any shot. Anderson. So I don't know if I want to spend for 40 on it. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your birthday with uh with something else other than it's been another four. Well, I guess it's a free UFC fight night that night, but save the 40 bucks and watch Anderson not uh just he's trying to stay in the game a little bit, but I just don't think that's gonna be uh a very interesting fight for sure. But the yeah. Woodley one, I am interested in that one, bro. Like, I mean, if it was if it was five years ago, I'd definitely be on the Woodley side. But you're why? Why? Because he no does one can have hands, bro. 
Yeah, and he's 20 pounds lighter. And he's short. He's a little <laughs> midget with alligator arms. And he's got one punch power. That doesn't, this isn't Mike Tyson's punch out. Like, you need to have more than one punch. <laughs> you have to have a jab. He doesn't jab. He just no. wings a right hand. Because he knocked out. Who'd he knock out? Give me two names he knocked out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know one, Robbie Lawler. Cool. You knocked out Robbie Lawler with one punch. Like, it's just, it's a different sport. And I think, I think Jake Paul is going to whoop his ass. And it's going to embarrass the MMA community again. But here's oh, the he, thing I said with Jake Paul last time. Box a boxer. But as yeah. long as these MMA idiots keep thinking that they can, these, sorry, MMA wrestlers keep thinking that they have hands. Like, I will say Woodley and chasing versus Askren. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Woodley versus Askren. Like, not the fight, but like skill set. Yes, mm -hmm. Woodley is better boxer than Askren. But who's not? And he's got one big punch, but he's so short. Like range matters. Jake Paul's a bigger guy. He's so little. Yeah. Like, how's I'm, he gonna get in there? I'm over the boxing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I get fired up on it. I just if you're gonna have an MMA guy go over, that's not the guy. Anthony Johnson is the guy. Goodness gracious, let him go. Like, fight a guy your size. Like, I just I, – now, Woodley will walk around. Woodley probably walks around, like, 190. So, they'll, you know – but when he fought, he would cut to 170. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's just short. I just – I don't know. I, I hope Woodley wins. I right. do. But I, I just don't think that's the right guy. I think Jake Paul is picking his shots, picking the people. No, he's going to get paid. For some reason, people buy it. I bought the last one. I got, you know – swindled into it but whatever yeah, swindled into it right but yeah i just i don't know yeah no box I'm, a boxer if you want to be yep. a boxer go box a boxer yep. and until people stop buying he's going to keep doing this and and hey more power to him i mean it, it works well he the, got more money than me last hopefully this is the last one because the MMA he'd have to needs, lose well the mma world needs to quit sending people over there to do this shit first of all and just he now that he's with jake paul's with showtime let him fight real boxers, like you said, 100%. Fight real boxers and get your Because I that think way. Jake Paul is actually pretty good. I mean, he's got a good straight right hand. He looks like when he's fighting, he looks like he's trained, right? Like, I'm not saying he's not good, um, but he is cherry-picking grapplers yep. is what he's doing. Yep. 100%. Now fight MMA. Go fight Askren in a wrestling match. Who's going to win? Like, stop. Like, yep. it's just... <laughs> all these boxers it, want the mma guys to come over but they won't go like, they won't 100 no one will go over even for a, a rest a, a grappling match they won't do it oh man yeah you know? i mean you imagine like the inverse right if they did the the connor floyd in mma like stop yeah. <laughs> like no one even if like, it was kickboxing it's a different, I mean, it's completely different, right? Like, it's just, oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. I just like getting you riled up a little bit, Mark. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's amazing. And again, I'm one of the idiots that bought the last, it's amazing how many people care. Like the Logan Paul, um, Mayweather, Mayweather probably yeah. sold pretty well. I didn't give anything. I didn't care. No. Nope. So it was an exhibition. Like if there it's was a no fake judges. fight, I don't even care. Yeah. yeah if it's no, an exhibition, was... I don't care. No. <clears throat> I just, I won't. 
I, I don't like preseason baseball. I don't like preseason basketball. I don't like preseason football. I'll watch <laughs> it, but I don't care. I'm not going to be invested. I'm definitely not paying for it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, fake it. fights. I'm over it. <laughs> That's a nice big homie, and I talked about that uh, last uh, podcast, too. Celebrity boxing over it. Not, not, not interested at all anymore. Um, so, hey, hey, Mark, appreciate you again, my man. Like I said, I've been doing this for like a year. Uh, the pay-per-views for everybody. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. So, Mark, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you again, bro. Yeah, man. Happy to come on. And uh, again, we say it every time, but this is this is a good one. These top three fights, two title fights. Um, and a third and, and another five-rounder. Yeah, five-rounder. I mean, it could be a long night. This could be an 11, uh, you know, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. time slot on the West Coast. But And I know I said I was confident in – in my picks, but I still think these can be really good fights. And there's always, there's always surprises. I mean, it's, it's just how, the, how cool the sport is. So. Yeah. Hopefully we won't get see no surprises like the last one with the broken shin and broken. Uh, well, that was, knee. Oh, that was two, right? What's that? That was two ago, but yeah. Yeah. The, those are last yeah. time was Jacques Ray got his arm broke. So yeah. Can we not have a limb break? We're on a yeah. two, two pay-per-view limb break streak. Yeah. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get some good fights back and forth. Like the Moreno and uh, Figueredo one from December. Um, yeah, stay healthy, everyone. Jeez. Stay healthy. Sure. Sure. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the show. Go to thisfunner.com for more podcasts, online pro- content. Grab some merch while you're there from the Funner family. Follow me on Twitter at stick zero one five. Use the hashtag sticks and sports. The guru, Mark Sudich, and I will be back in a month. July 10th, I believe, is the next one, uh, pay-per-view. So, everybody, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Mark. Appreciate you. You bet, man. Later. We'll chat soon. Later, bro. Damn, this is fun. That was Sports Fix with Sticks. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. If you want to join the show, use the hashtag Sticks and Sports. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.